0: What why are you looking at me like that? Oh, yelling marsh. What? I'm on a 10-second delay, my friend. Why? Well, I went to a gathering last night. Okay. There were a lot of flowers there. Uh, okay. Like well, like a like a like a The kind of flowers you smoke.
1: Oh, okay. Yes. <laughs> are you with us? Sort of. Oh, all right. Well we'll see. We'll see how this goes. Bye.
2: See
1: you on the other side. <laughs> go, 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 Jess, if you know what they say.
0: I love you. Uh,
1: <laughs> Welcome, up and down bitches, to Obsessed with Disappeared, the podcast where Joey Taranto and I recap one of our favorite shows, Disappeared on ID. And if you want more of me and Joey, which I can't imagine that you wouldn't. How dare you? You can join us on <laughs> the Patreon, where we call it the Drama Club. It's really kind of just actually where we let our hair down. You know, we beep some stuff. We don't beep some stuff. And we cover the series that you want to hear. You get three bonus episodes plus ad free episodes and then every month we give you something not only that you get first crack at a lot of stuff we almost sold out obsessed fest just with our drama club. it was wild we're so excited all morning long we were all just watching the numbers and basically just crying and hugging each (laughs) other but get over to the patreon we have so many fun little goodies for you we have our close friends circle and you just get of us that could be a good thing or a bad thing, depending on your mood. I'm gonna go with the good thing. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, should we do it? We should do it. Alright. Season seven, episode five, off the grid, tells the story of the disappearance of Brian Hisstand.
3: A bizarre encounter on an Arizona farm at dawn.
2: He was out in the alfalfa field, sitting down, staring off towards the sun
4: all these things start going through your mind this is not normal for him
3: a passion for BMX biking and now a young man
2: full of promise has vanished in the punishing Arizona desert it is an unforgiving hostile environment if you die there creatures are going to have their way with you even your bones his family and friends are left chasing a mystery
4: we tried everything this is not right
5: I realized that wasn't going to resolve itself.
4: So it's May of 2013
0: and we meet 25-year-old Brian Histan who has recently moved to Phoenix, Arizona. He works at a silkscreen shirt printer where everyone likes him because, babe, he's charming as fuck.
1: He is adorable. And you know what I love about Arizona? What? Everyone's hotter in Arizona. (laughs) I mean, not like physically. I was like literally. I know, like like, you're physically hotter. But you know, you could be like a 7 in New York and you're a 10 in Arizona. You know what I always say! I always say it! I walk around saying it all the time! But we meet Angie Hall, who's Brian's boss, and she said that he had such a sweet nature and he would do anything you ask and he was always smiling and never complaining, which begs the question, who are these assholes I surround myself with and where are the Brian's of the world? Also, if doing what someone
0: asks you to do makes you a good employee Uh you don't want to hire me because I have a real problem with authority and you're not the boss of me I'm the boss of me wait. In fact, I don't know, did I ever tell you I worked at a Barnes & Noble when I was like 20? Okay. And my first week there, the manager was like, okay, Joey, you need to change the garbage bags out in front of the store. Uh-huh. And I was like, uh, I got hired to handle books, not <laughs> trash, not nobody's trash, so you might want to find someone else to handle that. And turns out she called me on that. She's like, oh, okay, we can. And they found someone else. Oh, my, you
1: <laughs> don't have a very good track record with jobs. You don't tell me what to do. That call center issue. Anyway, anyone need Joey to do any kind of work for them?
0: No, you don't. I mean, listen, not Brian.
3: Brian is far from his childhood home in the suburbs of Philadelphia, where he grew up as a gifted athlete and an academic standout.
5: A very happy little guy. Just always hanging out with Dad. Always wanting to be with me. He at one time was what we called Mr. Baseball because he was so athletic with it. He did very well through the Little Leagues and then through the Babe Ruth Leagues as well.
0: We meet Brian's dad, Michael, who tells us that growing up he was Mr. Baseball. Yeah. Because he was really good at it. Yeah. And you know what I was called? What? Gay. (laughs) Gay. because I was going to be
1: gay. Oh, were you, like, not picked for teams and stuff? Was that a thing when you were a kid? Honestly, when I was in elementary,
0: not so much. But then when I had my growing spurt and I played volleyball, I played all-stars volleyball. So they could say what they wanted, and I served, like, a Well, you you got those
1: orangutan arms. Honey,
0: these monkey arms came in clutch. He,
1: his arms (laughs) are abnormally <laughs> long for the rest of his body. But
0: listen, the volleyball yeah. coach appreciated my monkey arms.
1: Absolutely. Also, how cute is Papa Michael? He is very sweet. Ugh. So Papa Michael taught Brian about biking. They used to mountain bike together. But as Brian got older, his taste for biking changed. Yeah, he got really into BMX biking. Yeah. That makes me nervous. Same. Very nervous. BMX is harder than it looks. It is. Like, do you know that statistically, I looked this up. First of all, BMX just made its, like, Olympic debut. Oh, wow. In the Tokyo 2020 Olympics. You know, the ones that took place in 2021. But we we, we still had all the printing done. It's so, <laughs> 2021. Like, yeah, but everything says 2020. <laughs> so we're gonna keep it. We're gonna. It's a whole year later. <sighs> yeah, I know. We got the shirts. We got yeah. the. Sh- they're, they're, a tree. they're dumb, but. BMX cyclists are the most likely Olympic athletes to get injured, followed by boxers. What? It is more dangerous than boxing. I mean, they're biking at like forty miles an hour, and those bikes—they're little. They don't have suspensions. Basically, like their bodies become the shock absorbers. Yeah, I
0: mean, it's really impressive. Yeah, but it's, it's also scary, scary as yeah, fuck. Yeah. I have seen so many videos of people yeah. slamming into the cement. Oh and I'm my like, gosh! Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's not for me. Yeah my
1: ministry yeah. I was in Spider-Man turn off the dark I keep my feet on the ground <laughs> so we learned that Brian bought a BMX bike with his own money yeah. Papa Michael wanted us to know that and we see home movies of Brian doing all these tricks now they're doing these tricks out in public and let me tell you one thing Old curmudgeon Patricia would have called the cops on these kids <laughs> in a heartbeat. Ooh, he would have get off my lawn so fast <laughs> that poor little Brian's head would spin. Now, these videos are impressive, but they're alarming. Uh, yes. Uh, they, right? That, like scary as fuck. On a logistical level, I want to know what tier insurance the family carried <laughs> for him. Because they're biking downstairs. Yep. They're they're jumping off roofs I can imagine they're like we' that we're gonna need to up it We need to give up, up it it is scary he was the spider-Man of BMX uh, yeah truly
0: but like his friend Nate Gaynor is here he tells us that Brian was all about street riding mm-hmm. and literally this dude would jump over anything anything how high it, it did like he would push it really far
1: they showed him biking off of a wall yeah how, a wall aha a ridge I could not tell <laughs> that's for four people who know my waiting for Guthman references oh, there's it. like four of them
0: I don't even know that reference and I've seen that movie many times
1: how high a ridge oh. <laughs> I could not tell anyway on we blindly stumble <laughs> go on
3: Brian is now known throughout the BMX world for his tricks and jumps
5: I took it very far it was pretty much what he lived for
3: While Brian's BMX hobby grew to become the defining passion of his life, it was long a source of concern for his parents, particularly his father, a police sergeant.
0: So now Brian is becoming pretty well known in the BMX world for his tricks and jumps. And I would just have to say that growing up, I was known in the Barbie world Uh for getting the crimps out of a Malibu, Malibu Barbies, don't say it. Malibu. I'm Malibu.
1: (laughs) Malibu. I hate you. Aw, oh, I had that coming. It's a good joke. Thank
2: you. It's a
0: great
1: joke, but even. I could,
0: I could get the crimps out of any Malibu Barbie's hair. The, oh, without, that's a skill. Yeah, you know, giving him a blowout because that shit would make giving him
1: a blow what
0: a blowout.
1: What okay. did I say? Well, honey, you, you, you stuttered a little. It's okay. Oh, so oh,
0: is that what we're gonna do?
1: What you want me to call <laughs> you out every time you stutter? Because I will jump in a hole. Okay, <laughs> so. We learned that Papa Mike was a police sergeant, and he very sweetly explains how the public doesn't really like, you know, those tricksters, the yeah. BMX guys, you know, Patrick screaming in the back to get off his lawn. And Papa Mike was like, also, insurance is expensive. Yep. But he was like, I also didn't want my kid getting in trouble, you know, for, for BMX biking. I mean, these kids, they can damage some property. They absolutely can.
0: He didn't want to hear about them riding over City Hall's railing. Yeah, you know exactly. What I mean? But also their main concern was Brian's safety. Yeah. Because basically Maybe BMX biking is extreme, and a lot of the
1: times they do it with no helmet on. Yeah, and Brian didn't. We're going to learn more about that later. But, you know, as he was getting more and more notoriety in the BMX world, he was making videos, which Not Christopher wants to tell us is called edits
0: oh, shut up i was
1: like I, nobody's it it's like it's it, that's like an adult trying to be cool they're like hey kids you are you guys having a lit time <laughs> is is not this super fire <laughs> <laughs> it just sounded so bad. you know what not christopher i got some videos too uh, Oh, what do you do in those videos, my love? Pray. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously this, you know, predates TikTok and everything, but he was making these videos and he got a lot of attention online and he got like some sponsorships and stuff. Yeah, by a bike company
0: yeah. and a clothing company. Very cool. And Papa Michael is just like, you know, it was an interesting time. I know. Which oh, is code for not only hated that my son was doing this shit, I hated that he was now getting paid to do yeah, this shit. I yeah.
5: Brian decided he was... Going to move to Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, his girlfriend at the time had some family out there, so they were the family was willing to help them transition to get their own place.
2: I guess I met Brian probably within a week after he moved out here. I met him here, uh, actually. And we just kind of hit it off, and you know, always rode together and hung out from there on.
1: Brian's friend, Matt. Now Matt is a slight little thing. And I feel like he's not only confused as to why he's there, but he's annoyed. Uh-huh. Like he answers all of his questions with the air of why are you asking?
0: Who does he remind you of? Oh, Who does he look like to you?
1: Are you going to say Brett?
0: No. Who? Do you know the mascot for Mad Magazine, Alfred E. Newman?
1: Well, he's showing me a picture. Yeah, that's <laughs> who he looks like. I was like, that's the dude. Yeah. I was, But he just kept answering questions. He's like, I mean, I guess I met him a week after he moved here. Why? He also had a 10 second delay from a flower party last night. Yeah. Okay. I mean, he's just like, I mean, can I go get my bike now? <laughs> Matt is very sweet, but he does not want to be here. He's no. like- why are you in my bike park, bro? <laughs> so then we find out that
0: Brian Brian got himself a business degree. Yeah. And he found ways of applying it to his love of BMX culture. And you know what? I love this. Because if you're passionate about something and you can also make a living doing it, mm-hmm. what a blessing. We make a living out of being idiots. I
1: mean, thank you for paying me for being an asshole. Yeah, that's it. How I did mean, we get so lucky?
0: I mean, what would we <laughs> be doing if we weren't doing this? Or theater.
1: <laughs> call center?
0: <laughs> Hi, thank
1: you for ca- You know what? Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Thank you for
0: calling the call center. I can't help you. Boop.
5: <laughs> I received a voicemail message from the Phoenix PD. They were inquiring about my son, Brian. I didn't know what to make of it at the time.
3: The southern edge of Phoenix is covered with farmland and alfalfa crops. Police had received a call at dawn about a naked man wandering the fields. When they arrived, the man was no longer naked, but he was behaving strangely.
1: So one day back in Pennsylvania, Papa Mike gets a call from the Phoenix Police Department, and they said there was a naked man in the alfalfa fields. now <laughs> Not the alfalfa fields. We hear alfalfa fields over and <laughs> over and nobody tells me what the ding dong that is. I don't even know what an alfalfa is. Well, an alfalfa is a legume. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I just was like, why is everyone just pretending we know what alfalfa fields are? <laughs> they say it a hundred times. Like, did you just want us all to, is it alfalfa sprouts? <laughs> but I was uh, just, I'm so confused. You're very
0: concerned. I was. Also,
1: my mind was like,
0: oh, there's a naked man wandering amongst the alfalfa. That's just my boyfriend, Matthew McConaughey. Is he playing the bongos? It, it's <laughs> fine. He's probably going to call the Four Corners and do an Irish chick. Just
1: let it happen. It does. He's fine. It does feel like that. So once the police got there, he turned out to be clothed, but they were concerned about his well-being and that he possibly might be impaired in some way, but he didn't say he was under the influences so the cops are like okay cool 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 so why are you here yeah and also it's funny because they were like look
0: the dude seemed fine he was having a conversation with us and he seemed totally normal and I'm like hi I have been very fucked up in my life where I held a whole conversation with someone and they had no idea I was fucked up out of my mind. Right. People can do that. Sure, yeah. So that's not always an indication as to whether or not someone is in their right frame of mind.
1: Right, yeah, no. And so he told the police that he was communing with nature and speaking to God. Uh And he was praying in an alfalfa field and I would beg you to get up off his back. And I'm like, hey,
0: you do you. I don't want to be naked in Alfalfa Field, praying yeah. to God and talking to nature. Yeah. Um, I don't want to commune with nature. Yeah.
1: Uh, but sure. But that but anyway, he wasn't breaking the law because when he was trespassing. The, right. Because when he got there, he was clothed. So they were like, okay. So this is where we meet Officer Anderson, who is here to to piss me off. <laughs> I I'm pretty sure he's like the loud one. To piss her off.
4: I'm on it.
2: Yeah. He had all the right answers. He knew who he was he knew where he belonged what was consistent about him was a slight delay you would ask him a question and then he would respond.
1: Yeah, welcome to my life. So, <laughs> we already learned that you, your stoner's <laughs> delay is at about a ten second tonight. Hey, listen, he was centering himself. He was communing with God and he and he couldn't find his fucking keys and wallet. And he yeah. was like, I'm going to take
0: a second or two.
1: But the best part is, officer here to piss me off, does the demonstration for us. Because he said- oh, he dies. He goes, he would answer- with a 10-second delay. What a dick. And I was like, well, Officer Anderson thinks himself quite the actor. Did you know they call him the um, Al Pacino of the police force? Are you serious? No, Joseph. <laughs> <laughs> what? I was like,
0: where did you? What, what Reddit thread were you on? <laughs> My God. I need to do research you know with him? you. The Al Pacino of the police force. <laughs> I believed. You're a good actor. Congrats. <laughs> you guys, he just dead ass looked at me <laughs> Listen, you go down these Reddit wormholes and YouTube wormholes. I was like, "Oh, she found out some new information." Oh,
1: that was great. Shut that up, was, Alex. <laughs> listen, you're not the dumbest person in the world. But if that guy dies, it's on. You know How what I mean? Dare you. <laughs> Drink your water.
0: So the cops spend about an hour with him. They give him water. They make sure he's okay. And he, they were like, okay, well, yeah, I mean, later, bruh. Yeah, they're like, I'm, how, I mean, he's just out there chilling with God. What are we yeah, supposed to do? Exactly. So 36 hours after that initial call, Papa Michael hears from one of his coworkers in Pennsylvania. Right.
1: And it turns out the dispatcher that he... Dispatch. How do you say dispatch? Dispatcher. Or
0: dispatch. Dis- oh, I never say that. Am I that. saying it?
1: Do I? Patrick always says I say... Dispatch. Dispatch. Are we saying it the same? I don't know. Dispatch. Do you have to say dispatch? <laughs> <laughs> so the dispatcher was... Did I say it weird? No! Shut the fuck up and go... Oh, <laughs> Jesus! <laughs> so the dis... Mm. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Here she goes. She's revving up. She's she's going to the starting
1: room. So the dispatcher was the mom of one of Brian's friends. Thank you. Was the mom of one of Brian's friends in Phoenix. And they basically were like, everyone is concerned for him. And no one has heard from him. Not even his roommate. Yeah. That's weird. Yeah. I mean, like since the weekend. Yeah. And it's now
0: Thursday yeah
3: 36 hours later without any news from their son Brian's family gets a second disturbing call
5: I got a phone call from one of my colleagues at work that the, a dispatcher from Pennsylvania State Police was trying to track me down uh, this dispatcher um, is the mother of one of Brian's friends in Phoenix and they had some some serious concerns about the welfare of Brian.
0: These two phone calls happen obviously very close together and Papa Michael is worried so he starts making his own phone calls to try and get more information. He is a cop. Right, yeah. And so he reaches out to some of Brian's other friends, but no one has heard from
4: him.
1: Right, and they tried Facebook. No one can get a hold of them. So Brian's family is a little panicked. And what's interesting is there wasn't even sometimes, well, like in the Sitara episode, people had sort of heard like little rumors. Like, oh, you know, I think so-and-so saw him right. there. Did he go to so-and-so? Nothing. Right. It was it was radio silence. Yes. Like every single person honestly had no idea where he was. Yeah. And this makes Papa Mike
0: extremely nervous understandably, but
1: also frustrated because there's only so much he can do
0: from Philly. So realizing this, the family is like, we need help. Let's file a missing persons report.
1: Right. And so remember those wallet and keys he said he was looking for in the alfalfa field? They were actually found in the field, and they found his bike locked in his car. Still no Brian. Oh, God. I know. Poor Brian. So back in Pennsylvania,
0: Brian's parents start connecting with the people who are closest to Brian in Phoenix. Papa Mike spoke with Angie, who is, to remind you all, Brian's boss at the right. shirt printers. And Angie is like, look, I'm going to drive by all of his favorite hangouts to
1: see if I can find I know. him. I Everyone was really, really trying to help as best they can.
3: On Friday, two days after Brian went missing, detectives begin their search for the young man.
2: We're always going to focus on the last known location. The vehicle was there, there was interaction with law enforcement, he's reported missing the next night. We're going to begin there and triage the surrounding environment.
1: They looked around the alfalfa field, which was on the north face of this mountain. Now, Officer Anderson, whose, you know, only goal in life is to piss me off, <laughs> goes, I mean, he was in good shape. He was, you know, young, and he probably just like went up the South
0: Mountain. And apparently Bryant was no stranger to this area. He, frequen- he frequented this. <laughs> Whoa. Okay. He frequented... I what is I can't say it. Okay. okay. Frequented? Yes, thank okay. you. There you go, my love. Oh, thank you, BB. He frequented this area with friends, and they would hike all over the place, specifically
1: the South Mountain. Right. And you know Matt, who's not quite sure why he's there? Yes, face of Mad Magazine. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, he basically said, like, that South Mountain that he liked to hike was rough. Yeah. You know how, like, on Runyon, there's, like, a rougher side yes. and, like, a more paved side? Yes. This was, like, the rough terrain. Yeah. So now they're like, Wait, like, was he abducted? And, like, now they're just, now the confusion kind of builds. Yeah. And when Brian didn't return to the bike park that week, the local BMX riders definitely
0: took notice because he was a really good influence on all the riders there yeah. and, and very beloved. And so when he
1: didn't show up, people are
0: like, where's yeah, Brian? I
1: know. So then Officer Anderson really doubles down on his assignment oh, to God. piss me off. Yeah. And he Takes mansplaining to a whole new level. (laughs) Okay, I have a funny mansplaining joke. Ready? Okay, I'm ready. Okay, where does a mansplainer get his water? Where? From a well, actually. (laughs) That's funny. Okay, thank you. I love
2: it. I'm a cop, I'm a criminal investigator. The reason law enforcement is involved in these investigations is looking for those very unique and very rare circumstances. when someone has met with foul play and that it's been cleverly disguised. Brian doesn't have traditional victimization written about him. There's nothing about him that suggests that he'd be the victim of a kidnapping. He doesn't have any enemies.
1: So he says like, I'm a cop, I'm a criminal investigator. (laughs) Like, and I was like, Oh, are you? He's like, the reason we're here is because I know stuff. I know stuff you don't know. I know how to find people. I know how to figure it out. I'm a cop. I got a badge. I got a gun. I'm going to use it. I'm a responsible, I'm responsible. I was like, stop. I, I, I the, my, my, my anxiety levels are spiking and my hatred for you is palpable.
0: <laughs> you guys should see her face then, right now.
1: Pull over. You know what? Lit up like a a, Christmas tree. So then he says you know this is going to piss me right off. He says he doesn't have a victim way about him.
2: Okay,
1: so Detective William Anderson, you rang my buzzer today. (laughs) Like that might possibly be the most infuriating thing I have ever heard because what does a victim look like, bro? Yeah, I just see like that Charlie and the Chocolate Factory meme. You know that meme of Gene oh, Wilder? Yes, yes, it's yes. like, ooh, tell me more of what a victim <laughs> looks like. He lives on a diet of lies and mediocrity. Listen, <laughs> I know you can't hear the look I'm giving you, but it's like the look of intense desire for him to shut the fuck up because every this man makes me very very mad I can tell yeah like, but then he said I mean Brian didn't have any enemies oh really <laughs> what other victims of crimes had enemies oh so you know, just people with enemies are victims of crime like did anyone want to peruse the footage of Lieutenant Dipshit before they put it on this fucking episode you guys Ellen's
0: and, head's about to blow no, off her shoulder She
1: he says, he says I mean, he had an athletic build. He would have been able to get away. He would have been able to cause some kind of a commotion. And I was like if you're not 5'10 and you're not a man with an athletic build you probably won't be able to cause a commotion because you're so (laughs) tiny so you will be the victim of a crime i would love you to take that information bring it to lee cutler who was six feet tall billy smolinski who was six feet tall john spira who was 5'9 jeremy burt who was 6'2 and bison deli who was 6'11 and is still fucking missing in the Polynesian Ocean.
0: Wow. What a journey you've taken us this on. This
1: man <laughs> is literally evolving in reverse right in front of my eyes. Yeah, because as we discussed. Okay, I'm okay now. I, I don't think you uh-huh. are, but I love it. I
0: love you anyway. I love you. You're Can totally you- right because all it takes is some, as we discuss. It just takes
1: one person to stroll up to you with a gun yeah. to your head, and you're going to do whatever the fuck he tells exactly. you to do. It's not just teeny tiny. Well, that pissed me. He didn't look like a victim. You
0: know, this guy was a nerd in high school, and he was like, I'm going to become a cop and get power.
1: Yeah. I mean, honestly, Detective Anderson, do, do not choke. open your DMs.
0: You can choke. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Eager for clues about Brian's mindset, police and his family examine Brian's behavior in the weeks leading up to his disappearance.
5: Brian and his girlfriend had recently broken up. I don't know the details uh, about what that was all about.
3: Beyond girlfriend troubles, Brian had recently returned home for his grandmother's funeral.
4: I know he took that very hard. The police turned to a
0: deeper investigation into Brian's state of mind. Now, keep in mind that Brian's dad, Mike, is a police sergeant, and he's very familiar with all of this, the type of questioning that goes into it. And a lot of missing person cases are resolved within hours mm-hmm. or a couple days. So he was trying to remain calm and not get freaked out. Right. Then his co-worker sat him down and was like, Hey, man, what are you doing? Yeah. You got to get out there and help with the search. And this is where we see... Papa Mike start to cry and I that know. it broke my heart. So baby, he hops on the first flight out of Philly and he gets to Phoenix to help in the search for his baby boy.
1: Right. And they set up a volunteer search and rescue, and there's flyering. And so officer pissed me off, mansplains how hot weather works. <laughs> thank you, thank you, sir. He sure does. I was like, oh wait, oh, is that why they refer to it as the desert? <laughs> Got it. It was thank hot. You. I mean, it's like there's like four North American deserts in Arizona, thank you. <laughs> Arizona's Satan's summer home.
2: The time that he disappeared, it was getting into the hundreds, and it did nothing but get hotter. You don't notice how impaired you are, and you don't notice that you're in danger. you don't even notice that you're dehydrated until very often it's too late. Brian had already been outside, likely overnight. He did not have the supplies with him.
0: At the time Brian disappeared, it was literally getting into
2: the hundreds.
0: Yeah. With no stops of signing.
1: Uh, with no what? signs.
0: What? Wow. Wow. Can you play that back? Wow. wow. That's with no stops of signing. You know what? Did you have a stroke? Are we just not gonna let any any of them go by? It's just so funny. <laughs> You're just so
1: cute. No, because I do it too. I mess up words all the time. I mean, sometimes words are hard. They are.
0: But I mean, listen, like I was saying, it was getting into the hundreds with no signs of stopping. Thank you so much. Can I get a round of applause? You are very hot. <laughs> But, baby, I do not like that. I do not like to be super hot. I do not like to be super cold. That's one of the things about New Orleans that I do not miss is that muggy, thick heat where you stick to everything and everything sticks to you. Your clothes, your pets, your kids, your neighbors, it's all stuck to you. And you have to take two showers a day to get rid of what what I like to call the funk of 40,000 years. (laughs) (laughs) Also, when you're exposed to that kind of heat, You don't notice that you're dehydrated or that you're in danger until it's too late. I
1: know. So that Talking Saliva Factory says (laughs) that 25-year-old men are the stupidest things alive. I mean, at least that's what I heard. What did he say? Something like that.
2: I remember being 25. I was one of the dumbest animals on the planet. You think yourself invulnerable. You think yourself immortal.
1: See? Told you. Yeah. Men are dumb. He said that. was pretty dumb at 25 too. Nah it's fine he's not dumb. Brian's not dumb. He's very sweet but basically they said that he didn't have a lot of fear like BMX biking is a really scary pastime and I'm sure part of it is how are you going to figure out you can do those tricks without some element of fearlessness? I mean it's why I would never do it. Same yeah and he was basically saying you can start to get this kind of like immortal feeling you know that you can kind of do anything. I mean if you're, you're jumping off a roof on a bike and you land on Two wheels, you're gonna feel pretty powerful. Yeah, so it, it makes sense that he may
0: have been wandering into the mountain without any worries that he didn't have yeah. the type of supplies that he would need to survive that. So now at this point, searchers are keeping an eye out for remains yeah. or even vultures that might be I circling know. overhead. And they do this with the hope that maybe Brian found a hiding spot, like a sort of refuge from the heat.
1: Yeah. Around this sort of area with some water, there were a lot of people experiencing homelessness and in these sort of like shaded parts. So they were kind of looking through these camps to see if Brian might sort of be among them and to see if he was there. And they had ATVs and horses and all kinds of people. But they're 17 days in and they haven't found anything.
0: So sadly, the investigation turns to a question that is proposed often in these situations, and that is, has Brian decided to disappear? Did he leave his old life to create a new life for himself? And former boss Angie's here to say there's no way he would have done that.
4: I just, I don't buy it. I, I don't. He loved his family, all of them. He talked about his friends, his roommate, as though he was a brother. He had too many things that did make him happy. And
1: so they sort of, you know, start to delve into the state of mind he was in and his actions leading up to when he went missing.
0: Yeah, and we discussed this last week on an episode that we recorded. You never know what people are going through. You never know where they are in their mind. And it's sad and it's really difficult to believe that the people you love and the most in this world could walk away from you. Right. Right. Or their life, but it does happen.
1: Yeah. So Papa Mike explains that Brian and his girlfriend had recently broke up, but he didn't really know the logistics. I was like, I get that. Yeah. I didn't. You don't tell your parents those kinds of things. Sure. And he also tells us he had just been home in Philly a couple weeks before for his Mima's funeral. Poor Mima. And know. he was
0: very close yeah. to her, and he took it very hard. It was a very difficult time for him. And on that same trip, he also got more troubling news yeah. about his mom
5: his mother uh, was also uh, suffering some some health issues and in, in which ultimately turned out to be lung cancer
1: watching your parents age is so hard it is like i understand how the life cycle works but it still is very hard to come to the realization that your parents will not be around one day. And like, you know, realizing that your parents are human. And that you can't control it. Yeah. That's a big lesson
0: that I had to learn last year was that I cannot control or keep my parents from yeah. death. It's yeah. inevitable. And you know, I think it this really impacted him yeah. fundamentally. Yes. I, think, I think when we're all faced with doubt, especially surrounding death and loss, it can put you in a very strange and very vulnerable headspace.
1: Yeah, and just really Realizing that, you know, his grandmother died, his mom was sick. That's just, those realizations are hard. And, you know, yeah, that I, so anyway, after his trip back from Philly, his friend Nate had said that they had a really nice, deep conversation about, you know, just life and God and what he wanted to do with his life or maybe he was wanting a simpler life and he really just kept saying and emphasizing the fact that he wanted to help people
0: what a sweetie I know. and also he sort of hinted that maybe he would become more of a nomadic person right but now this is where Brian's BMX videos really help because he's so well known for his bike riding that he has many friends and fans across the U.S. and they're hoping that somebody maybe have, ha, has spotted him or has helped him. Unfortunately, none of them know anything about yeah, his whereabouts. Yeah, again, n- not a trace. It was
3: the Friday before Brian's disappearance when his behavior turned increasingly strange.
4: I think he felt like we were part of his family here. He made a all the women here, homemade pumpkin bread. And it was for Mother's Day. And he said, oh, you're my mom's here in Phoenix. Brian made homemade pumpkin bread
1: for all of the Aww. women at his work. And he said, you're my mom's. I was so sweet. It was sweet. You know, they're sort of piecing his weekend together. And then the next day, which was the Saturday, he went hiking with Matt, who has no time for this interview. <laughs> and Matt, who is like incredibly annoyed by this line of questioning, <laughs> says that they went up the mountain. And he also, in addition to other friend Nate, said that he had mentioned that his desire to help people. Yeah. He also said that they didn't take the normal path, Mm -hmm. that they were like, let's just go to the top. I bring that up because
0: it does speak again to his fearlessness. He was like, I don't need the path. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to go straight up to where I'm going. See where
1: we're going.
0: So then the following day, Brian's roommate bikes with him at the bike park, and that was the last day that anyone saw him at that park.
1: At the skate park, right? Yes. Which is like his second home, yeah. right? And so Monday, Brian went to work, but boss Angie, who is the sweetest thing. Very sweet. Was like, it wasn't like a normal day of work. No,
0: he she was like, baby, he was a cleaning machine that day. Yeah. And on a mission to make the joint spotless. So much so that when Angie got home, she got a call from one of the managers being like, uh, yeah, Brian ain't done cleaning and feels like there's more he can do. <laughs> you cool with that? And- <laughs> I'd be like, let that dude clean if it makes him happy. Shit, tell him
1: he can come to my house and clean. If, does that make you happy? <laughs> I got some baseboards need wiping. <laughs> and so the next day, the people who are arriving for their morning shift, they get there they're like, oh, Brian? Yeah. <laughs> and it's six o'clock in the morning and Brian didn't go home. Yeah. And all the doors are opened.
0: The, I, I mean, everything is still going from the night before. And Angie was like, honey, yeah, the place is immaculate. Yeah. We can eat off the floor. Thank you so much. We're a little concerned for you. Yeah. So they're like, dude, you've been up all night. Go home. Get some rest. And we'll call you to tell you when you should come back. Yeah. And Brian was like, totally fine. No problem. I'll go home. But he didn't go home. He didn't
4: go home. About 11 o'clock, when one of our guys went to go get lunch, they drove past, and Brian was sitting on the side of the road in the gravel with his back to traffic with a bag of garbage. Just kind of sitting cross legged with his head down, almost like he was meditating. And
1: so the co-worker passed by and took a picture of it. And it's sort of ominous, isn't it? Like, it's his back. Oh, clearly, absolutely. Clearly the guy took the picture, like, from the car. Yeah. And Brian's back is facing the street with the bag of garbage next to him. It gave me chills. And the I reason know. I want to
0: say that they took the picture is not because they were like, what is this weirdo doing out here just with the bag of trash? It's because he had been out there cleaning up mm-hmm. the side of the road. Yeah. And then he stopped and took a break. And his dad is Papa Mike is here and he's just like, he was cleaning. I, he was I trying to
1: make the world a better place. I love Papa Mike. I would lay my life down for his. Papa Mike, may, may your head always find the cool side of the pillow. Yes, I love baby. you. And also that's the last time that any of his
0: coworkers saw him. Yeah.
1: And so boss Angie's husband called Brian and was basically like, are you okay? And Brian was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. This, this lot is just dirty. I just want to clean it up a bit. And so one of the other colleagues circled back at that time and Brian was gone.
0: Oh, poor yeah. baby. So we find out that after he was done cleaning the lot, he got in his car and drove south and ended up at a stranger's door. And the homeowner answered the door and Brian was like, hey, this is my house. What are you doing here? You need to go.
1: Yeah. And he wasn't aggressive. No. He was just odd and like confused like hey what are you doing in my house I live here and it was just weird and then we learned that he called the police and I was like well if he wasn't aggressive couldn't you just handle it without the police right I don't know so they called the police and then he left yeah they said he
0: left calmly my whole thing is is that this guy has not slept yeah he is probably dehydrated he's been out in the sun and in the heat this is the beginning where we see something is really really off with him yeah he's probably not in a good place and listen i remember when i was a kid with my family on vacation Mm -hmm. with a couple other families from my church and there was a little girl named heidi who got wait sorry
1: i don't mean to interrupt you are you a minister's kid I am. And did you know that you can go and fuck yourself?
0: i <laughs> <laughs> so mean. I love you. But this little girl named Heidi, she got lost for like eight hours. Wait, what? Yeah, we had all been on the beach together and it was very hot that day. And I'm not sure what happened, but her parents, you know how it goes. Like they turned their back for a second and she was gone. And of course, everyone panicked. The police were called, but she turned up at a hotel like a mile away because she got overheated and disoriented and they, and she couldn't find us. What? Yeah, and I remember how terrifying that was. The police found her and she was got back to us and she was just off for the yeah, rest of the trip. Yeah, dehydration.
1: Yeah. It is and my, the heat, it will do that mm-hmm. to you. So then when he left that strange house, that's when we think he headed to the alfalfa fields to go, you know, get naked and and, you know, sing Let the Sunshine In or something.
2: <laughs> Let the
1: sunshine. He's like, I'm having a concert. Can you yeah. not? Thank you. I'm just trying to sing in these legume fields. It's a legume. A legume. So we meet Zach Ansel. He rubbed me the wrong way. Yeah.
3: Late that Tuesday afternoon, Phoenix resident Zach Ansel had the last known civilian contact with Brian Histand.
5: We were down at... At the house, at the very last house before the Indian reservation, and our friend called us and informed us that there was a naked man standing on the side of the road in the field.
1: Apparently, lots of people have eyes on this alfalfa field <laughs> because he got a lot of calls yeah. that there was a naked man. Like, who's watching these? Like, I just imagine this old woman being like, Zach. <laughs> Zach, I swear there's an old man, an old person in the alfalfa field. I think he's naked, Zach. Uh, Who are you, Zach?
0: It's a ding-dong derby in the alfalfa field. (laughs) (laughs) I have not attended a pickle party in many years. But there there is a party uh, a-hopping across the way. Right.
5: So I pulled my car up alongside Brian, who was indeed naked and uh, the first thing I asked him was why he was naked and told him that he needed to put some clothes on lest a child might see. He agreed and he he put his clothes on immediately and we just began talking about why he was out here. The only explanation that he could give for being naked was that it connected him to nature.
1: Zach went over there to handle the situation in his real cool glasses. Yeah, fuck off. Yeah, he's weird. And he was like, uh, hey, bud, you, uh, you got to put some clothes on. Where are all these accents? What's the accent in Phoenix, Arizona? I have no... Do they have accents in Phoenix, I don't Arizona? I so. Can
0: Google it? But they're close to Texas, so maybe there's a little southern drawl.
1: Maybe just check with a face. Oh, mate. God. Shut up, Shut, Shut up. <laughs> so th- he was like, hey um if you could put some clothes on because you know you might run into some kids I was like why are the kids playing in the alfalfa fields okay never mind <laughs> I asked too many questions but he basically said Zach said that Brian explained that being naked connected him to nature are you a naked person um yes I you know what's so funny is is that you know there's
0: in New York City there's always a naked neighbor yeah if you have you know, windows and you can see your neighbors right. in the building across. And I was like, wow, why can I, I don't have a naked neighbor. Turns out I am the naked neighbor. <laughs> I am always like the front window where I have the front window in my living room is always open because I have a cat bed yeah. stuck to the window, like yeah. suction cups. <laughs> and I walk around naked all the time. So I'm the naked neighbor. And you know
1: what? To that I say, you're welcome. If anyone wants his address, just slide into my DMs. <laughs> Zach said at first glance, you think of somebody being naked and you think of someone who's crazy. Now, I grew up in Oakland and I hung out in Berkeley a lot. And so I saw naked men before I saw a naked man. Sure. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it, it, It is commonplace to see a naked man in the 90s walking down Telegraph Avenue. Oh, honey, I was in San Francisco for two days. Yeah.
0: The only time I've ever been to San Francisco. And I walked out of my hotel yeah. and there was a woman completely naked ripping flowers out of the yeah. garden yeah. in front of the hotel. And I was like, well, it's the San Francisco treat. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you left San Francisco with an Eiffel and chlamydia. Two for one special. (laughs) So Zach was like, you would think that someone who's naked in an alfalfa field was crazy. And Zach was like, turns out he wasn't. No, he put his clothes on immediately. Yeah, he. Completely functional. He had a bunch of trash that he had been collecting, and Zach was like, "See ya, bro." Yeah. And a bunch of people were like, "But did you did you did you did you handle the naked guy in the alfalfa field?" Like, because everyone was complaining, and they were like, "We had no reason. I had no reason to turn him into the cops. Sure, I had no reason to do anything. He was just a naked guy in a
0: field." Yeah, and Zach does also confirm the other interactions that Brian had with people, where they were like, "He seemed totally fine. I know. He was totally fine when he spoke." with us he was kind and thoughtful and when zach left him that was the night before the police encountered him so that means that he was out in those fields all night long yeah so three weeks later brian's friends and family they have no answers yeah and they can only speculate as to what was going on or what happened to him and boss angie says look regardless of what was going on in his personal life between his breakup his his grandmother's passing you know his mother's diagnosis He was pretty predictable, no matter what he was going through. He stayed upbeat and pretty optimistic and happy all the way around. I don't think he just would have walked away from his life.
1: And Papa Mike kind of, like, denies any of his mental illness. You know, he explains that there's no history of mental illness. He didn't have any signs of irrational behavior, and I... I deeply love you, Papa Michael. I would give you my kidney. I mean it. I have two of those, right? I hope so. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I just, I don't want to make promises I can't keep. You know what I mean? <laughs> but these are things we don't always see and understand. And, and I, under, it, I get it, but you can have a smile on your face and still be a little troubled. Oh, absolutely. You know? So they start talking about the dangers of BMX. You know, we talked at the beginning of the episode, BMX is risky and dangerous and scary. But they start discussing the injuries yeah. and the concussions. We see a oh, Ellen. We see a series of Brian's videos, and I was like, "Are you all keeping this to the end to give me yes. a heart attack?" Yeah. We see injury after
2: accident.
3: Brian constantly pushed his BMX riding toward bigger and riskier jumps.
2: He wasn't scared to go big, um, and go fast, do big gaps. And definitely uh, wasn't afraid to fall down. Now, let
1: me tell you, I love to laugh. I know I love sophisticated humor. I love stupid humor. Let me tell you something that I never laughed at. I never laughed at jackass. Oh, I yeah. never found it funny. I don't like watching people get injured. I never found it funny. Kudos to you if you find that funny. I just go, oh, oh. When someone gets hurt, I feel it in my bones. Oh, same. And we saw, I, there were, what were there? Like eight to 10 videos of all these stunts that Brian was doing Slimming. gone wrong. Slamming into cement. They look intense.
0: I, I mean, it, I I had to turn away. Yeah. It was very difficult to watch. I mean, listen, I like a video of somebody jumping on a trampoline and they fall off onto, like, grass. Yeah. And they're fine and they laugh
1: about it. But, like, this? You know, you know the grape stomping video? Yes. Ooh, my I neck, my neck, it, neck, my Yeah, neck. yeah. I'm like, wait, but her neck. Do you guys know that viral video? ( бег技zig)
0: That was wasn't it like the first video to ever go viral? Yeah, it was like the first viral video. I think you're right. Please play the clip. (laughs) Yeah,
1: it's a lot of fun. A whole day. Stop! Oh! 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 I can't. Ow! 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 ow, Oh! Stop! stop, Oh! Stop! Oh! 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 uh, Oh! I can't breathe. No, oh, boy, oh dear. I think
5: she's actually hurt No, there. I think she is. Yeah, she's Ouch. hurt. She took a hard fall off there.
1: So now Matt, who really is put out by this interview, says... He has hit his head hundreds of times. Yeah. I mean, and he never wore a helmet. That is very important to know. He never wore
0: a helmet. And I mean, look, say what you want about football players. At least they wear helmets. I mean, even though it don't help because... But it's got to be better than nothing.
1: Yeah. And we see these pictures of these head injuries and these face injuries. Now, we also... Shut up, Ellen! Tell them why. She hates when I call her
0: bro. I'm
1: sorry. It's a bad habit. He's dating a young man.
0: Oh, that is not from him. It's not? No! I beg to death. You know what? You can't judge me!
3: (laughs) Brian's ex-girlfriend recalls one crash just two or three months before he disappeared. Brian blacked
2: out. When he came to, he felt sick, but he didn't want to see a doctor. The concern was possibly a a TBI, a traumatic brain injury. Not something organic, but something physical that had happened to him that was causing what can be agreed upon as a a change in his behavior.
0: So now the family is realizing just how much he's injured himself, specifically his head, and that sparks the idea that maybe this was the impetus for his very strange behavior. I don't know.
1: Could it have been a slow burn? Yes. So, you know, again, they're just full of questions. Is he wandering? Is he lost? Is he confused? Is he in Mexico? So two years pass and they're wondering if he succumbed to the elements. Officer Anderson, who makes me believe in fuck off at first sight, (laughs) was like, you know, it's so hot in Arizona that a human can just evaporate. And then he's like, you know, ashes to ashes, dust to dust. Oh my
0: God. Shut
1: up. Yeah. Yeah. So this family is devastated. They're confused. They don't know what happened. And this really got me because they wonder if he's living off the grid. And everyone involved, including sweet Papa Michael, was like, if he is living off the grid, we just want you to be happy. Yeah, Like, please just tell us because we just want you to be happy. So that was sort of like where they were. They're like, we'll respect it. We promise.
0: We love you. We support you. If that's what you want to do... We're here for you, but just let us know you're okay.
1: Yeah. And then it ends with, you know, a couple of false leads, some surveillance footage, people, you know, that were concerned who thought they might have seen Brian. And we end with Papa Michael saying that his coping mechanism is imagining he's out for a nice long walk.
5: When I think about it, sometimes it just makes me smile that he's just out for a long walk. It's really a coping mechanism.
0: It got me. It really got me. But the case gets a break in 2016. Unfortunately, it's really bad news.
1: Right. Brian's bones were found on the South Mountain, which was not far from the place he was last seen. And his remains didn't really provide a lot of clues as to what happened. Now, Investigators don't believe he was a victim of foul play. His family suspects that he may have been disoriented from the result of taking too many blows to the head. So Brian Histan's autopsy results and official death cause have not been made public by the family. And obviously we respect a grieving family and we respect their privacy and wish them love. And at least they have an end to a very, very sad story. Say something funny.
0: I'm not very adventurous enough to... Take up BMX biking, but I can play. A, how many donut holes can you fit in your mouth? <gasps> bow, 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 bow,
1: bow, 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 I love you so much. We I love you, baby. You all so much. Don't forget if you want more of Joey and I screaming in your face, find us on the Patreon. We have loads of bonus content for you waiting for you there. We call yeah, we you do. the Drama Club. Yeah. We love our down bitches, and you get to know us a little bit better, which is a lot of fun. We love interacting with you on social media. We sure do. You can check us out on our Facebook
0: group, which is the Obsessed with Disappeared discussion group. Ah, uh,
1: so close. What did I mess up? Podcast. God dang it. <laughs> (laughs) But, hey, listen, I love chatting with everybody in the Facebook group. We have the best listeners, honestly. They are so hilarious. And you can also find us on Instagram at The Disappeared Pod. We post all kinds of nonsense. We were just going live today talking about Obsessed Fest. Don't forget Obsessed Fest, September 30th through October 2nd. We're probably going to need to sign NDAs. Yeah, you're going to be able to see all this nonsense live and up front in front of you. What did I just say? I don't know, (laughs) but we're signing NDAs. Patrick! Patrick! What happens in oh, Columbus, Ohio stays in Columbus, Ohio. <laughs> you can also find us on TikTok at The Obsessed with Disappeared. You can find me at Ellen Marsh. You can find Joey at It's Joey Taranto. Yeah, you can, baby. On all the things. Please give us a review on iTunes if you had fun with us today. And if you didn't, we don't care. Yeah, say and something nice about me. Keep your mouth shut if you don't. <laughs> we love you so much. We love you. Bye. Bye. Like in the sitaric. The The what? Uh. The who? Then Officer Anderson, who makes me believe it. Who <laughs> makes me believe. <laughs> what was I going to say? <laughs> Officer Anderson, who makes me believe in Fuck Off at First Sight. Bow, 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 Go with it, sh- go with it, sh- go, I... go with it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you guys. Flowers. Long night of flowers. i was just waiting to listen. I'm gonna ride this. I'm gonna ride this dog and pony show all the way to the end. Oh, I'm not leaving stop. you. <laughs> I love you so much. We I love shit. you, baby. Yeah.